Welcome to the root of all success with the real Jason Duncan, a podcast that explores how the world's most powerful entrepreneurs unlocked success and how their stories can help you do the same. A successful educator turned entrepreneur, Jason has built multi-million dollar businesses that have been featured in Inc. Magazine and Entrepreneur Magazine. His life's mission now is helping entrepreneurs live what he calls hashtag the exit lifestyle. Introducing TEDx speaker, mastermind leader, author, entrepreneur, cigar aficionado, motorcycle enthusiast, and host of the root of all success, the real Jason Duncan. The real Jason Duncan. Hey there, welcome to another episode of The Root of All Success. Today's episode is a special release of my appearance on the Creator's Adventure podcast with Brian McAnulty. We recorded this show back in June of 2023, and it was released just a couple of weeks after our original recording. I thought it was such a great conversation that we would release it here as an episode on The Root of All Success. So I hope you enjoy the show. Make sure you check out The Creator's Adventure on YouTube and look up his episodes. He's got some good guests on there. You want to check that out. But thanks to Brian for having me on the show, and I think you'll enjoy this. Enjoy. Welcome to The Creator's Adventure, where we interview creators from around the world hearing their stories about growing a business. Often as creators, we get stuck in our businesses and don't have time for what we enjoy. Today's guest is going to teach you how to build a business around your life rather than building a life around your business. Hey everyone, I'm Brian McAnulty, the founder of Heights Platform. Let's get into it. Hey everyone, we're here today with the real Jason Duncan. He is a best-selling author, TEDx speaker, podcaster, and coach on a mission to help 100,000 entrepreneurs find true success and balance. With over a decade of experience as the founder of one of America's fastest-growing privately held companies, Jason knows what it takes to build a profitable business in under 10 hours a week. His proven method, Exit Without Exiting, is all about breaking free from the daily grind of business operations so that you can focus on what truly matters in life. Jason, welcome to the show. Brian, thanks for having me, man. Yeah, of course. So my first question for you is, what would you say is the biggest thing that either you did or you are doing that helped you to achieve the freedom to do the things you enjoy? I think, I think mindset is probably the biggest thing. And, um, I'm a huge fan of Napoleon Hill and think and grow rich. I read from it every single day. It is not a book wow. you just read and sit down. It's something that you study. Um, it is not the Bible. So I don't want to equate it with that. Cause I do follow Jesus and the Bible does have a special place in my heart, but I study it in the very same way that someone would study the Bible, looking for those passages that give meaning and allow me to get my mindset right. But he's not the only author that that talks about those same things. There's Florence Shen, who was a contemporary of him, and uh, she wrote in the 20s and 30s. And for a female to write on mindset and metaphysical reality was, uh, was kind of interesting for her. But she wrote, I think, five short, very short books. They all fit together in a book, probably no thicker than that. And uh, she's really great. Bob Proctor is another one. But but to answer the question directly, it's mindset. I think the thing that allows us to achieve the life that we truly desire is what goes on between our ears, because our reality is a direct result of the way we think. So if you if you're broke and you're sick 
and you don't have good friends, you don't have good relationships, it's because you thought in such a way that permitted or allowed that type of lifestyle to happen. If you're wealthy and healthy and wise and think like you're thinking a certain way that allows you to do that. It's not magic. It's not incantation. It's just a reality of how the world works and how our mindset works. So I think the one thing that I've done to help me achieve the lifestyle that I want is I, I turned my mindset around and focused on different things. Yeah, that's awesome. All right. Um, well, can you share a little bit of your personal journey of transitioning from being an unemployed school teacher to now building multi-million dollar businesses? Well, if, um, if the Great Recession haven't happened, I would still be a school teacher and I would probably be very happy and living a very happy life, although very different, <laughs> uh, different from a financial standpoint than what I'm living today. But um, I was in my fourth year of school teaching and uh, I was the third year in this particular district. And my principal mm -hmm. came to me and he said, hey, we need to talk. And I said, OK, that doesn't sound good. And he goes, well, the bad news is I've got to cut. I've got to cut some teaching positions from the uh, from the uh, from the books for next year. And the worst news is that, you know, you don't have tenure. You're the last guy hired. I know you're the best teacher we've got in this subject area in the whole county. You're a great teacher, but that's just how that's just the decision. That's how I got to make that decision. And uh, that conversation changed my life because I knew I wasn't going to be able to be back in the school room, the, the school building the following year. And I had to make a decision about what I wanted to do next. And so I thought about going and getting a corporate job in sales because I was actually pretty good at sales, had, had a history in sales, but I just thought I could do better and wanted more. So I said, I'm going to do this business thing. And I gave myself until August the 15th of, of, uh, of 20 of that year. I think it was 2011. I'd started a company with a friend of mine a year prior to that, but it was just for fun. It wasn't, it wasn't intended to make any money. Uh, it was kind of like a side hustle, but not even that serious. And so I said, all right, if I'm not going to come back and teach, I'm going to give myself to August the 15th to make some money at this business. And the reason I picked that date is that was the last day that I was going to get paid from the state of Tennessee <laughs> as a school teacher. Mm -hmm. And on August the 12th, I closed a huge deal with a hospital and uh, never looked back like it was like, you know, my, my path as an entrepreneur was now carved and I was heading in, in the right direction. So that was the true story of my transition as an unemployed school teacher and to millionaire entrepreneur, you know, starter of companies, founder of companies and now business coach, author, et cetera. Awesome. All right. Um, so I want to talk about work life balance. It seems like this is something that you're you're pretty passionate about and it's a common struggle for many entrepreneurs. So how did you build a profitable business while being able to work under 20 hours a week? What's your thoughts over like work-life balance in general and like what, what strategies or, or tips would you share with people? So I believe, um, I believe like, I believe a lot of people probably agree with me, but they don't talk about it a lot. And that's that work-life balance is BS. Like it is, it is not, I actually did a, I did a podcast on my, I did an episode on my show just recently called work-life balance debunked. And I wanted to talk about this idea of balance. And I use this, this metal ruler that for those of you that are watching this, you can see, and I'm going to balance it right here on my microphone. And so if you could see this right now at the six inch mark on this one foot metal ruler in the middle, like, you know, my microphone, it balances it. Well, if we talk about work life balance, 
that indicates, it insinuates, and our vocabulary actually means something. So when we say the wrong words, we get the wrong reaction. When we say work-life balance, it means that we've got something that's balanced with work on one side and life on the other. And so what ends up happening is, as you can see, I know you're watching this, Brian, but if your listeners are watching this on YouTube or wherever this is posted later, yep, yep. if work is one side and then life is the other, all right, so work, you work, 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 you spend more time with that than you do anything else. And then when it's time to go spend time on life, you run up to the other side and then it tips and then work starts falling apart. So you got to run back up the other side and we can't. And, and so the idea is, hey, if we could just get it balanced where we're spending the same amount of energy, time, and effort in life as we are in work, then life is going to be great. Well, actually, no, it's not, because it will continue to be the seesaw back and forth, back and forth. So what, what I believe in is that, that life is the teeter-totter, that life is the ruler, and that we have to balance everything on life. So rather than mm. starting, rather than going to one end to the other, I think you start in the center, and so what are the things that are most important to you? What are the most, for the listeners, what's most important? For me, my faith in God, following Jesus, that's the most important thing. Second only to that is my, my wife, my relationship to my wife. We've been married 28 years. And then third would be my kids. And then maybe fourth would be community, extended family. And then somewhere in there is my business and my clients. I mean, those, but rather than building it as a list of things where I'm going to put work on one side, life on the other, I build in concentric circles out from the center. So everything I do reverberates from the center of who I am. So when I do a podcast, when I have a coaching client, when I speak on a stage somewhere, if I write a book, the center of who I am is my faith and my life with my wife. Like that's where everything starts and it builds out from there. And if you do that physically on a teeter-totter, if you build out from the center in equal concentric circles, your life is always balanced. But if you go, well, I'm only going to work on work for a while. Who cares about my wife? You know, if she's not with me, I'll divorce her. I'll let her go. Or I don't care about my faith for a while. I got to build my business. Well, you're building to one direction. You can never be balanced that way. So I'm on a mission to help 100,000 entrepreneurs achieve true success and balance. And that's what I mean by balance. Yeah, I, I like that. That's a really excellent analogy and great way to put it. And like, I, I feel that I think of it the same way myself. But I, I hadn't thought of that analogy that like the the way I try to work with my business is that like it's it's part of my life and I want to build the business around the way I want my life to be and the things that I value, just like you talked about. But what is interesting, like when everyone's doing it the way that, that you said there, it's a fight to uh, everything's always pushing off to, to one side and you're, you're creating this conflict and this battle where you could start from a, a point of aiming to have it all be balanced from, uh, from the get-go there. Yeah, well, you said something really interesting, and I want your listeners to hear what you said, is that you want to build a business around your life rather than a life around your... You didn't, you didn't say it like that, but, but rather than building mm -hmm. your life around your business. But so many entrepreneurs, especially solopreneurs, like I think that's a lot of your audience, they yep. build their life around what's left over out of business. Exactly. I was talking with my attorney this, you know, before show, I was telling you about some of the stuff going on in my, in my life, but I was talking with my attorney this morning. He was telling me the story of this very successful family, extended family. I think they're from somewhere in the Middle East. They live here. They all live here now in a very successful chain of uh, retail locations. He said, but they all work seven days a week, 12 hours a day. And he said, it's the craziest thing he's ever seen in his life. Now, they all are very wealthy. They all have a lot of money. He said, but they don't have time to spend it. They don't have time to do anything. 
Like their life is everything in the business. So I, I teach my clients and I try to do this every time I speak is that I believe you can build a successful business that you can run in under 10 or 20 hours a week. Uh, and you can build your business around your life and not your life around your business. Awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, I completely agree with that. And I think that's great. And my, my, my outlook has always been like the, the balance first, because, um, like, I don't know, I, I couldn't, I couldn't care, care really if I'm the most successful or the fastest to get there or, or any of that. I, I want to enjoy myself in the end. You know, I'm, I really care about my business and what I'm doing in the sense that like, I want to make this impact. I want it to grow. I want to make progress, but there, there are other things that are important to me too. And exactly as you put it, rather than making those, those other important things, which for most people, if they really sat down and thought about it, those are the most important things in our life, rather than those being things where, where can I fit in this and the pieces left over? Uh, considering that first, I think definitely that's the way to go. Yep, 100%. So uh, last year you did a TEDx talk. Um, called the iron prison of entrepreneurship and you talked about how many new entrepreneurs they start their own business to get more freedom compared to a nine-to-five job but then they end up working twice as hard so uh, any other common misconceptions you would see about this and and from what we just were talking about here how would you say like what's the solution to that well, so the the title of the talk was the ironic prison of entrepreneurship, and I know your uh, your whoever wrote your notes left off the I C oh, okay. iron, but I can see how you would think it'd be the iron prison because <laughs> it's the same thing, right? <laughs> yeah, but it's the ironic prison of entrepreneurship, and I call it yeah. that because entrepreneurship is supposed to deliver freedom, and that's the idea. It's the American dream is to become an entrepreneur, become a business owner, you know, and have freedom, be your own boss, right? Well, the problem is we end up becoming our own employee. We becoming we end up becoming the guy or the gal as it, as it may be the guy who has to show up every day or no money comes in. Just like if you own a own a company and you had fifteen employees and uh, if none of the employees showed up, you wouldn't have a business, right? Well, now you as the entrepreneur become that important to the business. You become the key man or woman to to that business, and that has become an ironic prison because now you can't leave. And that is the whole idea behind exit without exiting. That's the whole idea behind my book. That's the whole idea behind the method I teach is that you can build that business where you're not the key. And there's so many layers to this that I talk about, but I'll give, I'll give you one little layer of it. Think about this. Like if you owned a company that had 15 employees and you're the key guy, you don't show up, money doesn't come in. Accounts start dwindling. You know, new revenue is out, you know, it, profits go down. If you're that important to your business, you have something I call the hero syndrome. And the hero syndrome mm -hmm. means I'm the hero. I've got to put on the cape. I got to swoop in. I got to save the day. And it makes me feel good, right? It makes me feel good that I'm that important that I can show up and make everybody, make it all work. Well, in the first days, maybe months, and perhaps even the first year of a new startup, that is forgivable and understandable and maybe even arguably necessary. But once you get past those first days, months, or maybe in that first year, the more you do that, the more selfish you are. And nobody thinks about that. But think about this. If you get hit by a bus or if you're suddenly hospitalized and you have no contact with your employees or your business for 30 days, what happens to the business? Well, if you're like most entrepreneurs, 
then you have left every single one of your employees at risk. You left every single person because they are their lifestyle, their livelihoods are dependent upon you showing up and now you're not there. So it's actually selfless of you to build a business where you don't have to be there every day. Now, I know that's counterintuitive because some people, uh, improper thinkers as employees would look and go, well, the boss is out every day playing golf or he's out riding his motorcycle. He's never here. But why does he can make all the money? Well, if he didn't do what he did, you wouldn't have a job. And if he showed up every day and then something happened to him, you wouldn't have a job. So by him not being here is actually better for everybody. Yeah. Yeah. hundred percent. And I mean, not only the employees, but probably also your family, probably your, your clients and your customers and everyone you're trying to serve. And so, yeah, that, that really makes sense. Yep. So, yeah. So you teach this, this method, this exit without exiting in your coaching business. Um, can you explain like how, how can an entrepreneur who's right now they're, they're stuck in the business, they're listening to this and they're saying, I am, I'm way too in my business. Actually, I, I completely relate to this, but I don't want to be the, the hero in the business anymore. I want to step out. How can they start doing that? Well, the first thing they got to start doing goes back to the, one of the first questions you asked me is, is about mindset. Like what, what's the key to really attaining freedom as an entrepreneur? It starts with mindset. You have to understand the purpose of what running and owning a business is. Cause I believe that the purpose of owning a business is not running the business. The purpose of owning a business is having a business to provide you with the financial resources that you can live the lifestyle that you desire. That's the beauty of us being able to own businesses. Um, that's the idea that has to start. You got to have that mindset first. And once you truly and honestly accept that, that you can't be the hero and that you've got to allow the business to survive on its own, then we can move into tactics. And I could certainly get into the tactics. There are four core principles that I teach. Um, this is actually in my book, Exit Without Exiting. I teach these four core principles to all my clients. Those are more tactical, but really, Ryan, without the mindset, you know, it doesn't work. It doesn't work at all. We've got to get that mindset. And I'll give you a story to illustrate. So imagine for a minute that you're, uh, that you're a farmer, you know, and, and you, you raise horses and a new horse, you know, a, a pregnant mom is about to give birth to a horse and you're out there to help like a farmer would. I'm not a farmer. So anything I say that's not, not correct scientifically <laughs> or biologically, you have to forgive me. But anyway, you're there and you assist the mother in giving birth like a normal farmer would do. But then instead of letting that horse, that new foal, get up and do its thing, like you start carrying it everywhere. You pick it up and you carry it. You carry it to water. You carry it out to sit out in the field for a little while. You pick it up. You carry it back to the barn at night. You know, what happens? That, that little horse will never learn to walk on its own. That horse will always depend upon the farmer to carry it where it needs to go. It will never be independent. Now, a horse takes, I think, about four hours after it's born to be able to walk. Um, that's pretty fast. I mean, compared to um, compared to human babies, it takes a couple of years, maybe 18 months, whatever it is that the babies learn to walk. But but here here we are at this horse. It only takes four hours, but we say, well, it's not going fast enough. I need to move it over here. I need to. That's exactly what we do in our businesses. At the beginning, they can't walk on their own. They don't know how to walk. Our businesses need our assistance. We have to carry the business to water. We have to go make it rain, so to speak. We've got to bring the money in. But if we keep doing that year over year over year, you're going to end up five, six, seven, ten years down the road carrying your business everywhere. And then the moment that you decide, you know what? It's time to put the business down. That real Jason Duncan guy's got a point. 
you set that business down and you walk away, it's going to die. So there are tactics that you have to go through to get that business ready for you to walk away. You can't just set it down and walk off. So I teach entrepreneurs not only how to start the business the right way, but also how to transition a business that's, that's mature into a business that doesn't require the, the entrepreneur to be there all the time. Got it. Yeah. And so we saw on your website, you talk about um, having this six-step method for effective delegation and delegation being a key aspect of that. So can you explain a little bit more about how that works? Yeah, absolutely. This is uh, so so delegation actually is the first of the four core principles. So mindset is kind of the umbrella, which we just talked about. The first core principle that you have to kind of take into account before you can exit without exiting is embrace delegation. The second is to eliminate stress. The third is to establish systems and processes. And then the fourth is invest in people. So you asked me about the first one. So the our first idea here of delegation is this is that there are six steps to learning delegation. And I teach these as training wheels. And I, I, I liken it back to like when you learned to ride a bike, when I learned to ride a bike, our dad probably put some training wheels on and, you know, we tip back and forth a little bit, but we learn how to ride. And eventually the training wheels come off and you ride a bike without them. So the six step method is simply training wheels. They're not a permanent delegation plan, but it's training wheels. Because once you learn how to ride the bike with training wheels, you don't need them anymore. Um, so these six steps are this number one, you're going to make a top 10 list of all the things that you're doing on a regular basis that somebody else could be doing. And that takes honesty. It, you got to take the cape off the superhero cape and say, you know what? I'm doing these 10 things that somebody else probably could be doing. Now that's step one. Step two is you're going to pick one of those things, just one, and you're going to delegate that to someone for 30 days. Now, delegation, there's a whole talk that I do on delegation. As a matter of fact, there's a two-hour masterclass I teach just on delegation. That delegation is not just assigning a task to someone. It's, it's assigning it to them. It's entrusting it to them. It's empowering them to do it. It's answering the questions of why we're doing it, how we do it, and you know when it's due and all those things. But the second step here in this training wheels is to appropriately delegate, but just for 30 days. So for example, use a fictional person named Bob. Say, Bob, come here, buddy. I'm gonna, here's a task I need to delegate to you, but we're only gonna do this for 30 days to see how it goes. It's just a test for both of us. Uh, it's training wheels, right? So I'm gonna give this to you, Bob, and here's why we're doing it. Here's how you're gonna do it. And here's when it's due. You understand? Yes. Okay, that's it. So step one, make a top 10 list. Step two, delegate one task for 30 days. Step three is you're gonna check in with Bob once a week, no more no less. And this is really, really critical. So what you'll tell Bob is you say, hey, Bob, uh, I've got this task. You, you, you delegate it appropriately. And you say, we're only going to meet on Thursdays at nine o'clock in the morning or whatever day you choose. And I'm going to check in, just see how things are going. You ask me questions, whatever was good. Anything between Thursday mornings at nine, you have to come to me. I'm not going to be coming to you. If you got questions, you can come ask. I'll help. I'll help you. But this is you. You got to do this. You ready, Bob? He's like, yep. So you check in once a week. Now, if you check in more than that, what you're going to run the risk of is you're going to be doing what a lot of entrepreneurs do, and they do confiscation rather than delegation, where they look at Bob's task all the time. And like, you ain't doing this, buddy. This is not right. Do it this way. You know what? Just give it to me. And you end up doing it yourself. That's confiscation. That's not delegation. And, and entrepreneurs will stand there and go, I've tried delegation and it doesn't work. No, you tried confiscation and that doesn't work. And so that's different. The other thing that people do is that if they check in less than once a week is they do something called abdication. 
again, rhymes with delegation, but it's a different thing. <laughs> Abdication is a word we don't use a lot, but it actually means to, it means to formally divest yourself of that responsibility. So it's like, I'm giving it up and I don't want to think about it again. And this is what that would look like. Hey, Bob, here's the task for 30 days. Uh, you good? Yeah, I'm good. Okay, then bump. And you never go back. You never check to see if he's did it right. That's the thing I did for years. And I still, to this day, I do it a little bit. And I'm ashamed to admit, but abdication is a thing that, that I do more than, more than I should. But delegation is not abdication or confiscation. Delegation is entrusting, empowering, and, and, and teaching and assigning that person this task and allowing them to do it on behalf of you. So that's the third step. Now, the fourth step is where I lose everybody. The fourth step is the hardest step. The fourth step is this. The fourth step is when you meet with Bob, you cannot correct Bob. You can't do any corrective measures. You only can praise him. And the reason is the law of delegation. Or, excuse me, not the law of delegation. The, the, the law of discovery. The law of discovery, all of us know what this is, even though we've never heard of it. It means we learn, by more, we learn more by what we discover on our own than what we are told. Just like a kid, when the mom and dad says, don't touch the candle, the candle's hot. How many times could the parents say that to the kid and the kid's like, okay, hot, I get it. I'm not going to touch it. The kid's going to touch it. And that is when he learns that the candle is hot. Bob's got to screw it up. Bob's got to make mistakes. So when you do your check-in meetings with Bob once a week and he comes in and he didn't do it right, you you got to you got to give him some sort of praise on something he did right or, or even just look at him and say, man, I like your tie today. Like, well, you got to do something on the positive side. You can't correct him. And if you correct him, you're setting him up for failure because long-term, he's going to always look to you to fix his issues. So you can't mm -hmm. correct him. Now, fifth step is the 80% rule. And the 80% rule is this. When you assign or delegate a task to somebody, you're only looking for 80% of your expectations to be filled because they're not going to do it 100%. They're not going to do it right 100% of the time. All you're looking for is 80. I mean, 50, it's good, but not good enough. 60, maybe 70, but 80. Okay, I can release this and let them screw up 20% of the time. And eventually it's all going to fix itself. 80%, not 100. And then the sixth step is just repeat the process until your list is empty. So there's your six steps, your six steps, your training wheels to really learn how to delegate. Awesome. Yeah, that's super helpful. I think, especially uh, in in this in this space where a lot of course creators and coaches they're thinking about hiring their their very first employee or an assistant, and they they fall into those traps that that you described. And it's it's really important to to realize all these things to be able to to do it effectively. Because I, I've seen countless examples of people doing it wrong. Not like people in my audience specifically, but like from friends working with somebody or, or, or other, other people like that and explaining like, Oh, well, my, my boss didn't say this or they, or they did say this or, and, uh, yeah, it's, it's hard. It's a skill that you have to learn and become comfortable with. Um, especially as you said, because you, you want, uh, you want the uh, employee working with you to be perfect, but you have to realize that that's not, uh, going to happen, especially not in the beginning. But, um, yeah, yeah. I like that. So, one of, uh, one of your goals is that you want to help people escape poverty through entrepreneurship. And um, can you tell us more about like your plans for this? Uh, you're building a nonprofit organization? 
Yeah, so um, thank you for the opportunity to talk about this because this is the thing I get probably most excited about is um, I, I run a mastermind group called the Exeter Club. And it's designed for entrepreneurs who are ready to do the things we just talked about. They're ready to figure that out and they want to walk alongside other entrepreneurs who are doing the same thing at a high level. And we all get there together. That's the idea of a mastermind. So I run this mastermind and we have three goals as a mastermind. Number one is to help everybody live the exit lifestyle as soon as possible, which is everything we've been talking about leads to the exit lifestyle where we're not running a business full time. We're running it in 10, 20 hours a week at the most. And that allows us 20 to 30, 40 hours a week to go pursue other projects. So that's goal number one. Goal number two is that we want to create generational wealth for every member. And, and in order to do that, what we're doing is we're building uh, a fund where we all invest and then we get passive income through these investments. And we're doing these together and we're learning and we're investing together. So that's the second goal. And then the third goal is we want to leave a legacy. And this speaks directly to the question you just asked. And this is we're going to create a, uh, in 2024, we're, we're working on it now. It'll become an actual reality in 2024, uh, a nonprofit 501c3 called Legacy Changers. And our goal is to help 10,000 people escape poverty and mediocrity through the vehicle of entrepreneurship. How are we going to do that? Well, the idea, although still early in this process, is the idea is that we're going to, as a group, seek out individuals who are, they, they've got an entrepreneur idea. They just don't have the network or the resources to make it happen. And they're probably like most Americans living paycheck to paycheck. They have a poverty mentality. They have a mediocrity mentality. And they're just, they, they don't know how to get over the hump. They're not homeless people under the bridge. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about the guy who probably lives down the street from you that just can't figure out how to get out of a nine to five. And he knows there's a better way. Well, we're going to take that person in to Legacy Changers. And for one full year, we're going to pay for all their bills. We're going to take care of them. We're going to put them through um, you know, a school, so to speak, of entrepreneurship. Like for one full year, they're going to learn everything they could possibly learn from every person that's in the club. You know, there's going to be tax people in there. There's going to be business strategy people in there. There's going to be real estate people in there. There's going to be lawyers. There's going to be all these people that are going to help this person figure out how to become an entrepreneur to launch a business so that by the end of that year, they've got a fully functioning business and now they've escaped poverty and they can escape mediocrity. Their mindset will have changed and we're going to set their trajectory and their legacy on a totally different level. And that'll all be done one person at a time through legacy changers as a result of what we're doing as the Exeter club. And so I invite if there's coaches out there that are looking to get involved in stuff like that, I have certified coaches in my program and that's part of what I'm building so that we can all work together to make that a reality. Awesome. Yeah. That's a, that's an awesome goal and a really, really interesting way too. I haven't heard about uh, what you mentioned before that of, of uh, the fund uh, and the structure like that. That's pretty, uh, pretty cool way to do that. All right. Awesome. So one more question for you. And on this show, we like to have every guest ask a question to the audience. So if you could ask anything to our audience, what would it be? It could be something you're curious about, something you want them to think about. Well, it's interesting to ask a question that I will never know the answer to. <laughs> so, <laughs> so here's what I would ask. I would, I would want each person to really think about this and then I don't know how I don't know how your other guests have done this in the past, but I would invite you to go follow me on the uh, the real Jason Duncan on Instagram and DM me your answer to this question, and you can reference the show if you want to. But what is more important to you of these two options? Which is more important, money 
or time? Hmm. That's my question. Good question. All right, awesome. Jason, thanks so much. Before we get going, where else can people find you online? So you can follow me on Instagram at the real Jason Duncan. I'm also on uh, LinkedIn and YouTube at the real Jason Duncan. And then I would invite everybody to pick up a copy of my book, Exit Without Exiting. It's an international bestseller. And it's not just teaching. It's actually three stories of three different entrepreneurs about how they were able to pull off their exit. Um, one person pulls off the exit in the traditional way we all see it. And then we talk about what that, you know, what's the result of that. We talk about somebody who does an earnout, which is another way people usually exit their businesses. And then the third story tells a story about a man named James who exited without exiting and how different his story was than everybody else's. Mm. Awesome. Interesting. All right, cool. Uh, Jason, thanks so much. And uh, great talking with you. Thank you, Brian. I appreciate you, man. Attention business owners. Attention business owners. Feeling burnout from running your business? Uncertain if you're nearing burnout? Take our free 10-question business burnout test at businessburnouttest.com to discover where you stand. With just 10 quick questions, you'll learn how to immediately begin making changes to regain freedom and success. Cut your daily operations time in half. Improve your quality of life and prepare your business for your future exit without losing revenue or profit. Visit businessburnouttest.com now and take the test. Thank you for listening to another edition of The Root of All Success with The Real Jason Duncan. If you've enjoyed this week's episode, visit therootofallsuccess.com to access the show notes and other helpful resources. Follow Jason on social media at The Real Jason Duncan. See you again next time here on The Root of All Success. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.